You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 61. Yeah, hello, my gruesome addicts. Thanks for joining us for another episode, and let's just get into it. You ready? Yep. On this Halloween spooky eve. Anyways, Ronald Clark yeah. O'Brien. <laughs> Ronald Clark O'Brien, born October 19th, 1944, in Houston, Texas, was married to his wife, Danine O'Brien, and the two were living in Deer Park, Texas, when the couple had their first child, a boy named Timothy born April 5th, 1966. Then came along their daughter, Elizabeth, born three years later in 1969. Ronald worked as an optician at Texas State Optical, located in Sharpstown, which is in uh, Houston, Texas. He also sang in the choir at the Second Baptist Church and ran a local bus program. This is where I take you to Halloween night, October 31st, 1974. Ronald took both of his children, Timothy and Elizabeth, to go trick-or-treating in the neighborhood of Pasadena, Texas. And alongside was his neighbor, Jim Bates, and his two children. They went around the neighborhood stopping at all, you know, all the houses that they could. Um, but one house, like we've all like kind of experienced, you know, you see that dark house and knock on the door and no one's home, you know. So, patient, you know, impatiently. Yeah, fuck that house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and impatiently, you know, you want to run over to, you know, the next house, get as much candy as you can, right? So that's what the kids did. They just ran off to the next house. Ronald was like a little bit behind. They go to the house, get some candy, and then Ronald catches up with them, and he was like, hey, like, that house, somebody did answer the door and gave me these five pixie sticks. Like, here you go. He gives them one to his kids, you know, each of his kids, one to each of Jim Bates' kids, the neighbor. So, yeah, he comes over, and then he gives it to um, another little boy, like a 10-year-old boy that he had recognized from his church. And he actually said to Jim, he goes, quote, you've got rich neighbors. Look at what they handed out. You know, so he's like, here, like... Yeah. It's so crazy, like, he just happened to give me these, this candy. So after this, you know, they all head home for the night. As little eight-year-old Timothy was about ready to go to bed, he asked his father, Ronald, for some candy. So according to Ronald, Timothy wanted to eat that pixie stick that he had gotten. His father agrees and gives him the pixie stick, but Timothy was kind of having trouble, like, you know, <laughs> eating a pixie, pixie stick. You know, like, kind of, like, you have to loosen up the powder to, like, you know, yeah. so you can just, like, dump it in your mouth. <laughs> so he's having trouble doing that. So he's like, hey, like, can you help me loosen it up? So Ronald grabs it, loosens it up, and so Timothy starts eating it. Although he started to complain, like, that the taste of it was kind of bitter, but Ronald's like, don't worry about it. You know, gives him a little glass of Kool-Aid. It was like, just wash it down. It's fine. So Timothy does that. But that didn't help Timothy like whatsoever. He actually said that his stomach started to hurt even more. And then he ran to the bathroom, started throwing up and then started like convulsing. Ronald obviously calls the police and he claimed that while he was waiting for the ambulance, Timothy was in his arms like vomiting and then he was like starting to go limp. Timothy would unfortunately die on the way to the hospital on Halloween night of 1974, just less than an hour after eating that pixie stick. Wow. Immediately, like, the community was terrified that maybe their children's candy was laced with, like, some kind of poison or something, right? So a lot of them actually turned in the candy to the police. And I was like, while I was writing, I was like, damn, that must suck. Can you imagine? Like, your parents like, I need that candy. I'm taking your whole bag of candy yeah. or whatever, you know? And the kid's like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I just got, like, a whole bag of candy. Like, but it's like, 
as a parent, you could totally understand. Oh, for being sure. Fucking terrified. Yeah. Than, like you know. Would you rather have your kid dead or? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Then piss off that you took yeah. the candy. So four of the five pixie sticks, including the one that Timothy ate, were received by the authorities, three of which had not been consumed by the children. But the last one, there was still one out there. You know, they were like, where the hell is it? So once authorities figured out whom had received that last pixie stick, they informed his parents. And obviously freaking out, his parents looked through all of his candy, but like this pixie stick was nowhere to be found. So they were freaking out. They rush upstairs to find their son. He is sleeping in his bed holding the pixie stick. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he had like not consumed it at all. The pixie stick was stapled shut, stapled shut. So that should give you a little weird clue. And he was so he was having trouble taking the the staple out. He was having trouble doing it, like opening it up. And he fed, he ended up falling asleep. Like how oh that's got to be so terrifying. Like as a parent, as him growing up, I don't know. I just keep thinking about all these like crazy things. So after authorities had all the pixie sticks and had opened them all, they found that they had been opened by somebody else. And two inches of the powder was dumped out and refilled with cyanide powder. And then it was refilled with a fucking staple. I know. So after Timothy's autopsy was concluded that he had died from a fatal dose of potassium cyanide, he was given enough to kill two adults. That's how much he was given by his, by, we'll see, I think we all know, but we'll see. The other four contain enough cyanide to kill three to four adults, the ones that were not consumed. Damn. So he put a lot of this. That is a lot. A lot, Yeah. They questioned Ronald about that night, but Ronald said he couldn't recall exactly which house that he had gotten like these pixie sticks from. That Halloween night, it had actually been raining. So Ronald, his neighbor, and all of their kids only went to like a few streets, like two different streets before they went home because it was pouring rain, you know, but they still want to get candy and stuff. But they only went to like a couple streets. So police decided to question those neighbors and they all claimed that they, none of them gave out pixie sticks that night. They went even as far to take ronald back to those streets to show them like be like hey dude like show us the house that you went to and he was just like uh i don't know they walked around like three different times until finally ronald's like oh this is the house and you don't know how bad i was trying to find the address (laughs) (laughs) i can't find them so we finally find the found the house and they go to the front door so ronald claimed that night this blows my mind that when the owner of this house actually did answer the door um they didn't, he didn't, nobody turned on the light. So it was like pitch black pretty much still. And this person, so he couldn't see his face or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, this guy just has a pixie sticks in his hand and just reaches him out. And he said, all he saw, I remember was like a really hairy arm. So he just grabs a pixie stick from him and takes and be like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, thanks dude. And just weird. takes off. Like what, what kind of fucking story is that? What the hell? The owner of the house, the, uh, they actually found out his name was Courtney Melvin. He was an air traffic controller at the William P. Hobby Airport. Courtney didn't even get home until 11 p.m. that night. And that was actually confirmed by 200 people that he was working with that night saying, like, wow, no, he okay. was working. Like, yeah. So he was totally ruled out as a suspect. So it's like, wow, Ronald, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so police did find out that Ronald was actually in debt with $100,000. And he could barely like even hold a job. So in the span of 10 years, Ronald had 21 different jobs. And at the time of Timothy's death, Ronald was close to being fired because someone had suspected him of theft. Not only that, but his car was about to be repossessed. He had defaulted on several bank loans and his home had already been foreclosed. (laughs) 
So without his wife's knowledge, Ronald had taken out a $10,000 life insurance policy on both of his children in January, the same year that Timothy died, January 1974. Although one month before Timothy died, Ronald took out another $20,000 on each of his children. And then the morning after eight-year-old little Timothy passed away, his father, Ronald, calls his insurance company inquiring about, like, receiving that money. That he, so, like, it's that he crazy that, son, like, like uh, what? <clears throat> that you can get life insurance on your kids that young. Honestly, I didn't even and know. And, you know, I mean, I guess in, if you think about it, it might be a good idea. God forbid anything ever happened. But I just think that's fucking weird. I do, too. I would never think about doing that or never thought about it or. Yeah. Didn't know it was a thing. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. Like I always thought life insurance, like you go and sign up for yourself. But I guess there's a bunch of different types of it. and That's what I always thought too. If you ain't want your kids no more, get life insurance policies. And that's fucking horrible. Yeah, I know. Freaking horrible. Well, maybe, remind me to bring something up about this at the end, at the end about what no, you're I'll saying. Try to remind too. you. Try yeah. to. I'll try to too. Um, but yeah, I totally, yeah, I agree. It's very weird. Weird. Not only that, but police also found out that Ronald had visited a chemical supply store where he was going to buy cyanide, but ended up leaving because like the minimum amount that he could purchase was five pounds. So he's like, I don't need that much cyanide. That's, that's a fucking lot. Yeah. So he went out elsewhere. It was, they could never really determine where he got this cyanide from, but. But they knew he was searching for it. Yeah. They were cluing in on, uh, on Ronald here. So that was what, like I'm saying, they kind of drew them into Ronald. They're like, well, we got to question this guy. It's weird. He's taking out life insurance policies. He's visiting chemical supply stores. And where can you buy cyanide without like having... I don't know. Like, this is weird. I know. I was saying this at 74. I don't know if that makes a difference. I've never thought about doing. I know. I don't know. Buying cyanide. I have no idea. I was wondering the exact same thing. So although Ronald maintained that he was innocent, police did arrest Ronald O'Brien for the murder of his eight-year-old son on November 5th, 1974. So just a couple days after he was murdered, pretty much. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Ronald pled not guilty on all five counts. During his trial, which began the following year on May 5th, 1975, a chemist testified that Ronald had contacted him a year prior to Timothy's death in 1973 and asked him how much cyanide would be, like, how much would it be to kill somebody, to be fatal? (laughs) 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 Fuck it. Like, what? (laughs) One thing after another with this fucking idiot. If you're not, like, surprised by that question at all, it's like... Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like, what? Why do you need to know that? So tell me you're not guilty (laughs) or trying to plan something. Exactly. Exactly. Another chemical supply salesman testified that Ronald had asked him how to even purchase cyanide. Friends and coworkers of Ronald's also testified that Ronald had shown an unusual interest in cyanide and would talk about how much it would take to kill a person. (laughs) So it's like multiple, multiple people. Ronald's brother and sister-in-law both testified that at Timothy's funeral, Ronald was talking about using the money he was going to receive from his son's death on a long vacation and just other stuff that he wanted to buy. Like, fucking piece of shit fucking dad. Ronald's defense used the urban legend of, like, a mad poisoner who would hand out candy on Halloween night that was laced with poison or, like, needles or, you know, like, razor blades and apples or whatever, you know? It's like, so they're kind of using that against it, but... um, Although there has been no documented instances of anyone poisoning candy, which is kind of crazy. Who was the man with the hairy arm? Yeah. (laughs) 
But that didn't work in Ronald's favor. And after only 46 minutes, the jury found Ronald O'Brien guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder on June 3rd, 1975. It took the jury another 71 minutes to sentence Ronald to death by electrocution. So after Ronald was convicted, Danine, his wife, um, divorced him and she ended up getting remarried and her new husband actually adopted because they still had Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. the younger daughter. So he adopted her. Ronald had four execution dates set. The first being August 8th, 1980. The second one was set for May 25th, 1982. The third being, crazy enough, October 31st, 1982, Mm. on the eighth year anniversary of Timothy's death. And lastly, May 31st, 1984. Ronald's last meal consisted of a T-bone steak. It was medium to well done. French fries with ketchup. Whole kernel corn, sweet sweet peas. You <laughs> You're telling me what are you fucking? They should, have, they should have fed the motherfucker off. pixie sticks right? with cyanide in it. Literally, oh my god, I even think about that. Seriously, these fucks should not deserve anything. They should uh, just starve them before they like. Who the fuck are they to deserve anything? So sweet suppository peas, pineapple. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Sprinkled Something. with cyanide, <laughs> right up the butt. Oh my fucking god. For sure, though. Um, sweet peas, lettuce, uh, and tomato salad with egg and French dressing. Iced tea, sweetener, saltines, Boston cream pie, and rolls. You still tell me. <laughs> no, still tell me his last meal. Yeah, he should just never have gotten one. All sh- no, he shouldn't have. His last words were, quote, what is about to transpire in a few minutes is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all who have taken part anyway in my death. Fuck off, dude. I know. I fucking know. I'm sorry. That I pisses me off. No, it's okay. Pissing me off. I know. Like, he's just not, like, he's blaming them for doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who Making the fuck mistakes. Like, yeah. Think- yeah, they made the mistake, right? Yeah. yeah they, they did it, not you. Also, to anyone I have offered in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask for your forgiveness. Just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my underlying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you and all. God bless you all and may God's blessings be always yours. Ronald C. O'Brien. P.S. During your time here, I have been treated well by all TDC personnel. Unquote. So after, or I mean like during this whole execution kind of going on, a crowd of 300 people cheered. And they were saying things like trick or treat, <laughs> like stuff like oh, that, you shit. know, like, yeah. So shortly after midnight on March 31st, 1984, Ronald O'Brien was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville unit. He is buried in the Forest Park East Cemetery in Webster, Texas. He was stupidly dubbed the candy man. I'm sure a lot of you guys know that, but. Lethal injection seems so like peaceful to go like, fuck that. Yeah, I know. I know. For sure. For sure. They just like, I don't know. They deserve something worse. Yeah, for sure. Be starved. Burned alive. Yeah, like, and then be, I don't know, yeah, I totally agree. Throw in a cage with Bullshit. the fucking, Should not you know, be eating Boston cream Lion pie. or something. What'd you say? Throw in a cage with a lion or something. Oh, there you go. There you go. I Just like bullshit. It. I know. Where's a good old-fashioned firing squad? <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, that was the murder of Timothy O'Brien. Just oh, wanted this piece, of, piece of shit. Piece of shit, Dad. Yeah, who the fuck does that? All for himself. What a fucking selfish, like. Yeah. To get money for yourself because you were in debt because you can't hold a job, like you're gonna fucking potentially even kill both of his children, five children, like. Like, thank God, 
You never suspect, you know. like, you hear the stories of razor blades and candy and poison and stuff like yeah. that. You never suspect yeah. a parent of doing that to their own child and other children. Exactly. You always think it's this, like, hermit that lives in their house or something. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, the urban legend Planning, is, like, yeah. there's this, you know, guy in the neighborhood. And he's exactly. sitting there putting just razor blades and Just hates children that and, much. Yeah, and then just, like, here you go, kids, and just, like, handing them out. But, no, it's like, the fucking no. fathers of the suburban blocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. Like, it's fucking terrifying. Fuck that, dude. I know. Seriously. What a fucking piece of shit, but... Thanks for listening, guys. And until next Monday. Oh, guys, have a great Halloween, by the way. Yeah. I'm so stoked. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to eat candy still. Yeah, don't. Know don't where it came, comes from. Mm-hmm. Have your parents. Why, are we, why am I talking like little children <laughs> or listen to our podcast? No. All right, kiddos. <laughs> check your candy twice. Oh, my God. Seriously. Um, but also we're going to end this episode. We usually like to do our own little theme song, but Eric is a musician in case you didn't know that. And he made this awesome song called chop shot. And it's like about like murder and all this crazy shit. So we're going to play we're gonna play that for you guys to end this episode. Yep. Yeah. Follow Callie's son. Yeah. Let us know uh, what you think about the song. We'd love to hear it. So thanks for listening until next Monday. Stay safe and be aware. Peace. Started saving the skeletons and preserving other parts. One thing led to another. It took it took more and more deviant type behaviors to satisfy my urges, and so it just spiraled out of control. Sitting on a park bench, I'm gonna stop you. Looking in apartments, I'm gonna watch you. The garage that you park in, I'm gonna walk through. Driving in the panel van, look, I got you. Texas chainsaw, leatherface brain saw, Elm Street pesos. Skip it to the days gone, Satan's payphone. Plays the same song, gonna go and hide and play to save us. John Wayne Gacy, we will try to hunt a man, man sounds crazy. Got him with a son of Sam, yes, Miss Daisy. Bully's got a murder plan, Jeffrey's changing. Now he's gonna hurt a man. Killed the family pet when I was six. Put me on meds and said I was sick. Psycho ward where they bound my wrist. Now I'm out and I'm plotting my revenge. Chop, 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 chop. Come with the saw, could you? Fucking head off, can't run away from my chop chop shot. I'm gonna find you, chop you up. Chop 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 shot. Chop chop shot. Chop 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 shot. Chop chop shot. Chop 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 shot. Come with the saw, get your fucking head off. Can't run away from my chop chop shot. I'm gonna find you, chop you up. Chop 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 shot. Chop chop shot. Chop 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 shot. Chop chop shot. She was found with her head removed. Did you? Is that correct? How did that happen? You pick it up, boy. Oh my god! Chop, 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 cut it off. Sharpen up the blade on the butcher block. Cutting off the power, lights are off. Knife to the phone line, call the cops. Rubber gloves, plastic zips, duct tape rolled, and I'm hazardous. Blunted objects, my knife will twist. Murder weapons, let's test that shit. Got a chasing mask and a Mike Myers walk. Manson fans, and I'm gonna lead a cult. BTK, and I'm putting on a show. Night stock in, and I'm standing in your home. My van is packed, my bag is stashed. Dissolving all the bones in the acid fat. Master plan, mass attack. Look at all the body bags back to back. Chop, 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 shot. Come up with a saw, cut your fucking head off. Can't run away from my chop, chop, shot. I'm gonna find you, chop you up. Chop, 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 shot. Chop, chop, shot. Chop, 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 chop.